Welcome, everyone. We are about to begin. Be'eses Hashem, Shalom Bayesh, Shir number 116. The Yalkut brings down that one of the most um, difficult and harmful things that the Meraglim did when they came back to report on what took place when they were spying Eretz Yisrael is they referenced the Amaleki, that the Amalek was sitting over there in the land there. That mention of Amalek to the Bnei Yisrael at that point in time weakened Klal Yisrael. And that turned them to a mode of panic and despair. And Kalev, Ruach Acheres Hoisabai, he had a different spirit. He tried to counteract this and to talk in encouraging ways and in comforting ways with a calmness, saying you could, con- you could conquer, you will conquer. Hashem is on our side. And Hashem is helping us. But the Miraglim, with their negative intent, they mentioned Amalek to confuse Klal Yisrael. Amalek was the first ones that jumped into the hot bath with boiling water and cooled it off. Klal Yisrael were afraid of them. Very strong nation, without mercy, without Rachmanis, with the purpose solely to destroy Klal Yisrael. And um, that mention of Amalek caused them to weaken and to despair and to allow that the Baraglam's remaining word should take effect on Klal Yisrael. And we see the tragic result of that. From here you see a Meiridika lesson, a tremendous lesson that even though Yirasa Einesh, there is a positive thing to be afraid of punishment, despite the liberal views of our day, of our culture. And yes, like we said many times, Yirasa Einesh used to an extreme could be abused, could be done in a harmful way, in Chinuch, and you have to be very careful. But it is one of the Animaimans. It's one of the biggest Yisoides of Amuna. It's connected with the Yisoid of Bechira because Bechira dictates if you're responsible for your actions, then there's reward and punishment. But the key is as follows. When you do utilize this concept of Yirasa Einesh, a fear of punishment, the purpose of it always needs to be to be madrich. The purpose needs to be to educate. To educate, but never as a deterrent, you know, to push you to proper behavior. Not to make people afraid. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose is not to instill fear, although sometimes it could, but the purpose is is to educate. You know, there's nothing to be afraid of if you just keep in these guidelines. But if you don't, there could be harm. But the purpose of this message is not to accentuate the harm. It's to accentuate the balance of to educate, to stay away from that negative behavior. And partially, yes, because of that negative consequence. And this idea of using Yerasa Einesh, even when you're saying things that you need to say, it has to be of a constructive nature, while by the Miraglam, by mentioning Amalek, put them in a panic. This applies in marriage a lot too. 
It's very, very important in a marriage never to cause your husband or your wife any anguish by reminding them of the past problems and past mistakes that they already worked through and trying to get moved past from. Usually, when you say these things to your wife or your husband, it's because you're angry and you want to make your spouse suffer as well. And these cruel words that you use can hurt your spouse terribly, especially if that person's already reminded already of those mistakes. They already did tshuva. They already regretted it. They regretted those past bad decisions. It doesn't make a difference what it is, whether it was a bad business deal that was done 10 years ago or uh, in their behavior towards a child a few years back, uh, they behaved in a negative way. And now they see, oh, I, I did this wrongly, this chinech was wrong, and they already changed for the positive. They learned their lesson, and they did tshuva on it. And you, the other, whatever, is are bluntly pointing out your spouse's past mistakes. What you're doing is, is you're implying that you're much better. That you're much better, and you don't need to correct anything. And um, and over here, the Maimah Chazal applies First, fix yourself. And then, and from here, I just want to say, because everyone here needs to know that whenever, whether in this year or in all Mathapashiurim, if I ever spoke in a tone that seemed to be that, in, or I used the words you, you have to do this, you have to do that, if I ever use those expressions, now, I'm telling you now, both for this year and for all the past shiurim, that by myself too, I really, really have in mind this concept. Sometimes I feel I'm not worthy to say these things to you because I haven't fixed my own wagon yet fully. I myself are guilty of some of these things that I need to work on in my own personality, in the way I treat my own wife, not to bring back out past mistakes that are already gone. So always remember that, please, that when I talk in a way that seems to be that I'm pointing a finger, Khalila the Khalila, the finger is pointed at myself. And even if I say the words you, you, and not me or we, which I really should do more often, please try to understand that. So the key is, the idea behind this anyway, is simply that you cannot be self-righteous, or I cannot be self-righteous, we cannot be self-righteous, and we cannot bash our spouses for their past failings. It's really, really unfair, it's manipulative, and it's harmful. And sometimes when you do this, or when we do this, when we point the finger at our spouse, for the things they did wrong now or in the past, it's usually our anger talking. Sometimes it's our anxiety talking, because when you're anxious, you may take that anxiousness, that anxiety on your spouse in a negative way to let out your anxiousness. So you'll point fingers or yell or scream or whatever. And this is true because the truth is you can easily find mistakes in your spouse. You see your spouse all the time. Your husband and wife you see all the time. And, the, and, and they're human. They're going to make mistakes. And it's very unfair to make your husband or wife always a scapegoat. 
to alleviate your own anxiety and your own anger. And again, I really want to say, especially in this year, when I'm talking like this, I mean myself too. That sometimes if I'm anxious or angry or whatever it is, and to alleviate that feeling, I would take it out on my wife, and that is wrong. Completely wrong. So instead, what we need to do is think about what's bothering you and try to resolve it calmly. And a wife may need to talk it over with her husband and a husband with her, the wife about the anxiety that you're feeling, the anger that you're feeling in a constructive way. But never allow your husband or wife to suffer because of your own insecurities. Very often they suffer from our own insecurities. When we are anxious, when we are stressed out, when we are tense, when we are upset about something, we use very often our own husbands, our own wives as a scapegoat, as the target of our wrath or of our anger or of anxiety. And what we need to learn, we need to learn to become more mature and handle our own problems without burdening our spouse by our bad behaviors, by blaming them or nitpicking on them over past faults that are way in the past already, that they did chuva on it 10 million times over, and we're only bringing it up because we have this pressure cooker in us and we just have to let it out. And we have to learn to try to cope in other healthier ways, not to let it out on your husband or your wife, but rather to work it out. So an Eitza, if let's say you're very upset at the moment, wait 15 minutes, 30 minutes, go out of the room, wait till you're able to calm down before you talk about whatever issue you need to talk about when you finally talk about it. And when you do talk about it finally, use always a quiet voice, a calm voice. These two pieces of advice of number one is waiting till for a cool-off period when you're upset or anxious. And number two is when you finally do decide to communicate, to talk in a soft, calm, and kind tone. Those two pieces of advice will save many troubles, many heartaches, and it could save many, many marriages. When you learn how to deal with this, to, to not to do your best to refocus and rechannel whatever stress you may be feeling and not to Khalidla lash out, but instead be calm about it, wait till till you calm down, and then talk in a with a Yishavadas, with a kindness and with a, a compassion. And that's what we need to do. So again as a Mus as a Yesoid basically in this particular shear is to remember to do the opposite of what the Baraglum did by mentioning Amalek and causing them to come go into a frenzy and, and into a state of panic. Do like what Kolov did to try to encourage. Even when there's Yerasa or things that have to be said, you do it for the purpose of educating, not to force someone into doing proper behavior. And also that if you are upset or anxious, do not cause your spouse any further anguish by reminding them of past problems or lashing out at them and um, or bringing up stuff that they truly regretted. Generally, the site is, like we just said, first try to fix yourself. Try to work on your own improvement 
and your own self-character. Never allow your husband and wife to be your scapegoat, to alleviate your own anxiety or stress, like we said. Instead, work on it maturely. Wait till you calm down, and then speak in a calm, quiet, loving way. And that piece of advice could help and heal many, many marriages. Have a wonderful day.